Now, our, we continue on in the second year of a year of hope. And the passage that we are picking from is uh, this time, not Romans chapter 15, verse 13, but uh, Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7 to verse 8. And we like to continue on on this theme of hope. Now, this is only the second Sunday of uh, 2017, so you can still turn to your neighbor and say, Blessed New Year. Alright, it's still New Year, okay? It's still New Year. And when we greet one another, what do we normally say? We normally say what? Happy New Year or Blessed New Year. We wish them happiness. We wish them blessings, alright? And that's very common. And that's what uh, uh, we all desire. We pray and we hope that this year is going to be a year of blessings in every way. And, uh, and I believe that it is the desire of our Heavenly Father to also grant us a blessed new year, really. A year full and overflowing, dripping with the divine blessings of God. Our text is uh, from Je Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7 and 8. But now I'd like to just set it in its context a little bit. Not just taking verse 7, although that is a very, very powerful verse, and we will constantly come back to that uh, verse. But let's look a little bit into the context, you know, uh, the verses before and the verses, and the verses after it, alright? So our, uh, the, the, our theme verse is uh, verse 7 and verse 8, but let's go back to verse 5, and let's go into verse 10 as well. Shall we stand for the reading of God's Word? It's always good to read God's word out aloud. Amen? Alright, let's read out loud together. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5 to verse 9. Thus says the Lord, Curse is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes. But its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked, who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. May God add blessings to his word. Thank you. Please be seated. From this passage of scripture, verse 5 says, Curse is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. In contrast, verse 7, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and who has made the Lord his hope and confidence. When you place these two verses side by side, you see the contrast. And many times, scriptures work in this, in this manner. Not just having an idea in itself, but that powerful idea, that powerful principle 
is normally said in a stronger, more forceful manner by giving a contrast to it. So here the idea is, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, but the contrasting picture is, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. So this morning, I'd like to share about blessing or curse. The life of hope is a blessed life, but it does not come automatically. We must know how to walk in it. We must know how to tap into it. Blessing or curse is not something that's automatic even to the children of God. It is set before us, and we must know how to receive the blessings of God. When we talk about blessings or curses, as I have mentioned, especially in the wisdom literature, blessings and curses usually go hand in hand. Deliberately, intentionally, to bring about as a kind of comparison and contrast. The idea of blessing is even stronger when you compare it and contrast it with that of curses. The emphasis is not on the curse, but rather the emphasis is on the blessings that, that is even said to be more powerful in contrast to that of curses. And, when we, and, and the Bible is, is full of uh, such blessings and curses that seem to go uh, uh, hand in hand or are mentioned uh, side by side. And when we talk about blessings and curses, what do we mean? To be blessed means to be favoured by God. Blessings, therefore, are directly associated with God and comes from God. In contrast, a curse is the effective action of some power. It can be charm, it can be witchcraft, it can be voodoo, it can be all kinds of uh, 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 evil spirits involved even, all right? So a curse is the effective action of some power distinguished solely by the quality of adversity that it brings. Now, who can cast a curse? We are not sure, all right? The Bible it does not even uh, 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 specifically mention about, about, about that, you know? Does God curse people? We'll come back into to that a little bit, but that is not, that is not the kind of God that we, we believe in. But we do know that, you know, uh, uh, curses do happen, all right? And uh, somehow, you know, certain bondages help hold down people and they seem to never been able to get out of it. And when we talk about blessings and curses, many times well, the idea of generational curses come into our mind. The idea of generational curse is, uh, 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 is catching the imagination of many Christians because it sounds so reasonable, isn't it? You see around and say, yeah, actually, I, I know of people who seem to be bound by a generational curse. What is a generational curse? It is the effects, all right, of something that the parents or the grandparents or the forefathers have done and the children continue to suffer the ill effects of it. And it sounds reasonable and it is popular in the sense that, well, in that case, it releases us 
If we believe in generational curses, it believes, uh, uh, it relieves us from individual responsibility. I'm like that because my parents. It's all my parents' fault. You know, and uh, how many of you have heard that? And that's the basic uh, uh, foundation to read. I'm not responsible. You know, it's because of what my forefathers have done and I am now like this. But the Bible nowhere teaches that kind of a concept. In the Bible, it's the individual who bear the consequences of their action, who have responsibility of their action. When we talk about generational curses, many times the verses that are chosen are just a few, actually. The most popular one is Exodus chapter 20, verse 5 to verse 6. You shall not bow down to them, that is, idols or other gods, or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing. Or the more correct verse, uh, uh, like in the King James Version, is visiting the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation, of those who hate me but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. This is the most popular verse that's used to back up the theory of generational curse. But actually, you find that in this verse uh, or verses, the word curse never appears. The word curse is never used at all. It's just talking about sin. And sin related to the second commandment. And God hates idolatry. All right, God hates idolatry. Those people who are involved in idols, images, gods, and other things, you know, you know it, it is this kind of sin that God cannot tolerate. And anyone, any generation for that matter, that are involved in idolatry, God hates it. And it has to be dealt with. All right, and uh, there's zero, zero tolerance for this. Another verse is Lamentation 5, 7. Our fathers have sinned and are not, and we have borne their iniquities. Again here, it's not about curses, but the effects of sin. That's why sin has such an effect. That's why Jesus Christ must come and, and die on the cross for our sins, because it affects us and, and, and children and other things. Now, we know that parents definitely have a great influence even on their children whether it is, by, it is by inherited traits or whether it is by parental teaching or whether it is by examples that they set, all right? And no doubt about that. But the idea of gener generational uh, uh, sin or curses cannot be found even in these verses. On the other hand, Jeremiah 31, 29, 30, in those days they shall say no more. The fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on age. But everyone shall die for his own iniquity. Each one of us have to bear responsibility for our own action and sin. Ezekiel 18 also talks about it likewise. God doesn't punish children for their parents' sins. God says, I will judge you, each one, according to his ways. And even if there are such things as curses, all right, even if there are such things as curses, you know, the Bible is very clear that God can always turn our curses into blessings. Deuteronomy 23 verse 5, The Lord your God turns curses into blessings for you because He loves you. God can turn curses into blessings. Somebody say, Amen! And not only that, in Nehemiah 13 verse 2, God 
does not allow Balaam to curse his people, Israel. He tried so many times. You know, he tried to curse, but cannot curse. And those who try to place curses on his people, God turns curses into blessings. Nehemiah 13 verse 2 makes it very, very clear in this regard. Now, what is the last word of the Old Testament? The last word is found in Malachi chapter 4 verse 6. And I'm not talking about the last verse, but I'm talking about the last word in the Old Testament. God gave a warning there, yes, he says, and he will strike the land with a curse. Wow, the Old Testament ends with a curse. Just like in the book of Genesis, you know, you read the book of Genesis, all I cited, in the beginning, God created this and this. But you see how the book of Genesis ended? It ended with a coffin. It ended with a coffin in Egypt. Man, what an ending. You, 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 you go to a movie and, and, and you watch a movie. And, you know, and, and we always want happy endings, right? You know, suddenly it ended with a coffin. Suddenly it ended with a curse. How can? But that's not the end of the story. Because blessings come in the New Testament. Amen? Blessings come in the New Testament. And in Christ, we find the blessings of God. Ephesians 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So the curses in our life, if there are any, all right, are all broken down, dealt with at the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. The cross cancels any and every curse whether it be others who have placed it or try to place it on you, or whether, you know, you believe in generational curses or not, even if there are, they are all cancelled. The cross was where God took away our curse so that He could give us His blessing. So we are a blessed people indeed. Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Yes, the Bible talks about the curse of the law. They cannot set us free, really, by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone who is hung on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles who through faith, through Jesus Christ, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. The curse has been cancelled, and now... God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, pour upon us the blessings, the blessings that He has first given to Abraham Himself. We are talking about the Abrahamic blessings. Do you know that we are grafted into God, into Israel, and the Abrahamic blessings now flow in us and through us? Abraham's blessings in Genesis 12, verse 1 to 3, all right, include health, long life, fellowship with God, wholeness, abundance, power, posterity. And Romans chapter 11 and, and, and Romans chapter four, uh, 14 verse 12, you know, tells us more about this kind of blessings. I thought I need to set the stage clear first, you know, that there is uh, about, about, about some, 
some teachings about generational curses that may, may be hanging around. But when, when we talk about blessings and curses, so it's been dealt with already, and we as children of God enjoy the blessings of Abraham, the blessings of God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. So don't be afraid, don't be worried. Now, of course, there are still certain consequences, all right? You know, and it doesn't mean that we are completely set free in that sense, all right? Because, you know, and some of this needs to be broken still, all right? Some of us live it in fear. Some of us, you know, because, you know, our parents have had an illegitimate, uh, 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 immoral relationship and we are illegitimate children, we have to suffer the consequences in that sense. We have to wrestle with it, you know, dealing with uh, our registra- uh, uh, birth registration and these and other things and difficulty in getting certain things done. These are some of the things, all right? You know, but when it comes to the diseases and all those kind of things, you know, uh, whatever it may be, some, uh, uh, when, when you enjoy the blessings of uh, Abraham, it includes health. It can be broken. Don't buy into the fact that because your parents are diabetic, you are going to die a diabetic. Don't buy into the fact that because your, your parents have uh, died of cancer, you are going to die of cancer, you know. Now, of course, science may have something to say to that, but in in terms of what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross, it has been broken, it can be broken, it will be broken. We are set free, delivered by the power of the cross. Hallelujah! But then some of you may ask, but, 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 but with all the blessings of the cross, Pastor, I'm still not experiencing the blessing. Where's the blessing? That's where we need the teaching of the Word of God. That's where Jeremiah 17 verse 5 to verse 10 comes in. How come I'm not enjoying the blessings? Let me teach you three ways of how you can enter into the blessings of God. There are many areas that we have been delivered from curses to blessings. I won't go into that. The first thing is, blessing or curse, curse or blessings... It's who you trust, really. It begins with who you trust. Thus says the Lord, verse 5, Curse is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. Now in the English, we have man, we have man, and we have flesh. Is there a difference? In the Hebrew, there is a difference. The first word, man, Right, curse is the man. This word comes from the Hebrew word gebel. That means the power of a man. All right, it's not just the male gender, man in contrast to that of a woman, but the power of man. All right, and uh, uh, and and the prowess and of of youth. All right, you know. The, the usefulness, uh, 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 the idea of usefulness here. So it's not just generic. And then the second idea of man, those, the curse is the man who trusts in man. The word man here again is not the male gender, but talking about human beings, all right? The human species already, you know? So those people, all right, and especially the younger ones who trust in other people, the human beings, the human race, you know, 
And then he says here the word flesh also connotes almost the same idea, very much the same idea. That means they trust in other people, other things, you know, their own strength, their own power, their own prowess. Anything apart from God. Anything that is man-made, anything that's of the flesh. That's the idea here. And if we trust in just our flesh, our own ability, our own wealth, our own intelligence, and even our own uh, advancement in technology or whatever, then the blessings of God will not be there. It does not mean that we are not to use our human powers. It does not mean that we don't trust other people or that we must bypass our own intelligence and thinking and just leave everything to God. No, it does not mean that. It's just the way of contrast again. What it means is that we must not ascribe to all these things the same kind of trust that God requires and wants from each and every one of us. But many people have placed their trust in their own abilities. And God says those people who depend on chariots and horses who constantly go to Egypt for help, they will not be blessed. You see, Jeremiah was living in perilous times. There was a few years before the Babylonian captivity and even into it. And at that time, you know, uh, Judah was trying to make alliances, you know, with other military uh, powers and nations in order to safeguard themselves. And God says, don't depend on even other nations. They are not able to deliver you. Only I, the Lord, am able to deliver you. So put your trust, put your hope in me. And I think there's a word for each and every one of us as we begin this year as well. Many times we depend upon our own self, our own intelligence, and our own planning and program. And we think that that's the way to success. God says you will not be blessed. Whose heart departs from the Lord? The same idea about human beings, putting trust in human beings and flesh. The New Testament calls this walking in the flesh, living in the flesh. Galatians chapter 3, verse 3 tells us, Oh foolish Galatians, you who have begun in the spirit, how can you end in the flesh? That's not the way to live as a Christian. We begin in the spirit. We must end in the spirit, not going back to circumcision, going back to what we can accomplish this year, 2017. It's not totally throwing everything aside, but where is your dependence? Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. We have no confidence in the circumcision, Paul says. No confidence in the flesh at all. And so that's the whole idea about trusting God. So, and, the, and, and those who trust in their own abilities and powers, what will happen, the result is he shall be like a shrub in the desert. Not a tree by the rivers, but a shrub, shrinking, withering, and dead shrub in the desert. And shall not see when good comes. 
Other versions say, shall not see prosperity. They will not see prosperity, but shall inhabit the past places in the wilderness. They are places in the wilderness, in a land which is not inhabited. In a salt land, not just a land, in a salt land. And salt land is a cursed land. And this will be the result of those who put their trust in themselves. And this is a curse of the Christians also. Not just, we are not just talking about non-believers who think that they can begin in the power of the Spirit and try to finish in the strength of the flesh. They will feel dried up, worn out, defeated, and without hope. On the other hand, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Whose hope is the Lord? And this is the liturgical word that's commonly used. Not a secular word, blessing, you know, good luck and all those things. Trust in the Lord. And you will be blessed. The key to blessing is captured in this verse. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Simple one verse like that. And it strikes me really. The essence of blessings is just trusting God. Is trusting God difficult? Impossible? It captures my imagination. And I think the next series, sermon series that I will follow, I will take the church through is the series on trusting God. If you know how to trust God, that's the key to the blessings. And that's what God requires from us. So important that if you do not trust God and instead place your trust in men, you are cursed. But if you trust God, you will be blessed. We must unlock that key to the blessings of God, to the pleasure of God, if I may. So, in the days to come, all right, the Lord, as the Lord leads, we may, we may talk more about that, all right? Just about trusting God. And he shall be like a tree planted by the waters. The word planted is actually transplanted. That means God takes you from where you are. You may be from the desert, you may be from the forest, but God takes you and plants you by the river. Where the streams of God flow, where you are constantly refreshed, you will be evergreen, and you will bear fruit. Say, Lord, I receive it. I receive it. I receive this transplantation. I'm going to be transplanted. I'm transplanted in your favor and in your blessings. Amen. Amen. And so, brothers and sisters, here are the two ways. Simple ways that God has given to us, neatly divided, all right, in two verses, chapter 17, verse 5 and verse 6, the path of death, where uh, they are cursing and also the land in the place of wilderness and you will be just a shrub, just a shrub. 
But on the other hand, verse seven, uh, verse seven and verse eight, the 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 the, the blessings uh, for those who trust in the Lord, and you will be as a, a, a tree planted by the river, and you are green and very fruitful. And how do you determine whether you are going to be a shrub or whether you are going to be an evergreen tree is just by who you trust. You get it? Where do you place your confidence? In your big fat account? In a politician? In your own abilities? Or you come to God and say, Lord, I trust in you wholeheartedly. This year, I don't know what I'm going to face, but I'm going to trust in you. God is holding up that hope for each one of us. Whether you're a neglected child, whether you are a struggling employee, or whether you are that frustrated employer, whether you are facing hardship right now, God is saying, you can trust me. You can rely on me and I will carry you through. I will transplant you, and I will bless you. Somebody say, Amen. Hallelujah. So it's a matter of who you trust. Second, secondly, blessing or curse? Actually, you can choose. It's not determined already whether you are blessed or cursed. It's a choice that you can make. It's your choice, really. Blessing or curse is your choice. This year, our Bible devotional reading, as in the founding the planner and also the two-year uh, 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 Bible reading guide. In the second year, we start with Deuteronomy. And I think the timing is just right. Deuteronomy has a lot to say about blessings and curses. And Deuteronomy was given by Moses, all right? God, God gave the word of the Lord through Moses just as they were about to enter the promised land. Of course, God told Moses, you are not to enter the promised land. But you tell the Israelites, you tell my people when they enter into the land what they are supposed to do. Rules and regulations were given and they were given almost uh, the kind of a charter whereby how to experience the blessings of the land. Even though God has given them the promised land, God does not deliver the blessings on the silver platter. There are conditions that they must meet in order to enter and enjoy of the fruits of the land. And that's what Deuteronomy is all about. So God says in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26 to 28, See, I'm setting before you today a blessing and a curse. It is a setting. God does not determine. It is not a predetermined cause, but it is just, I'm setting before you a choice, a blessing and a curse. The blessing if you obey, the curse if you disobey. You want that evergreen tree, or you want this one that is dried up and withering? I've said before you, life and death, the blessing and the curse. 
So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19. You see, blessings come through obedience. You want blessings? There must be obedience. Everybody say obedience. Ah, that's a tough word for us. Children struggle with it. When parents say, why can't you obey? I tell you this, why can't you follow me? Parents struggle with it, with their little kids. That's what we want from, their, from our children for their good, isn't it? And even young people, and even youth, and even if you are 90 years old, sometimes God also have to have, have struggle with you or with us, you know, as 90 years old in the ends. But that's the only way. Blessings come through obedience. We do not preach prosperity gospel. This is different from prosperity gospel. Prosperity gospel means you name it, you claim it. Doesn't matter how you live your life. It's in the promise of God, you just claim it, it's yours. No conditions. Just claim it. Just have faith, it's yours. But hey, every blessings of God has a condition. God says blessings come through obedience. These are the blessings that will come to you. And stay close to you because you obey the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 28 verse 2 to verse 3. On the other hand, disobedience leads to curses. However, if you do not obey the Lord your God and do not carefully follow all His commands and decrees, I'm giving you today, all these curses will come on you and overtake you. It is almost like the law of gravity. You have to obey the law of gravity. You try to jump from a high building and, and believe that you are going to go up and not down. What will happen? Did God curse you? No, the curse is not from God. The path is there. The law is there already. The principles are there already. Just like you cut through the traffic light, the red light, and suddenly, you know, and uh, another uh, car bang you or truck bang you, and you landed up in the hospital with your leg hanging up and your hand, you know, all bandaged up, all cracked and fractured, and you blame God. God, why did you put this curse on me? Hey, you were the one who ran through the traffic light and you blame God. You do disobey the law of the, of the land, the law of traffic. You cannot say God. Likewise also, God says, if you disobey, then it will happen. God did not place the curse on you. You chose the curse because you chose to disobey. Blessings and curses, to elaborate this even more graphically, Moses divided the 12 tribes into six of two groups. One will stand on Mount Gerizim on the right, and they will pronounce the blessings for those who obey. And the six stripes will say, Amen, Amen. The other six stripes will stand on Mount Abel. The curses are pronounced, and they will, they will say, Amen, Amen. Blessings from Mount Gerizim, curses from Mount Ebal. Mount Gerizim on the right. Mount Ebal on the left. In those days, not here. We are all blessed here, left or right. And look at the blessings and the curses. 
This will overtake you. God lays down His word. The blessings of success, exaltation, fruitfulness, prosperity, victory, God's favor. Disobey, humiliation, mental, emotional, physical problems, barrenness, unfruitfulness, breakdown in family relationships, poverty, defeat, oppression, failure, God's disfavor. And God says, I set before you blessings and curses. You choose. You choose. And many of us, we may not be standing on Mount Gerizim, we may not be standing on Mount Ebal. Many of us are standing at Shechem. Mount Ebal is here. Mount Gerizim is here. One is blessing. One is curse. Many of us are standing right at Shechem. Shechem is between, the valley between Ebal and Gerizim. And in the Bible, Shechem is a very, very important place. When Abraham left Haran, the first place that he entered in is Shechem. And the Lord reiterated his promise to him to bless him. And he built an altar unto the Lord there at Shechem. And Jacob wrestled with the angel of the Lord. And after that, he had an encounter. He met Esau. And then he came to the place called Shechem. And it was in Shechem that he built an altar to the Lord and he dug a well, which is known as Jacob's well. And it was there that Jesus met the Samaritan women at Shechem, Jacob's well. And it was here that Joshua, at the end of his life and ministry, stood and gathered the people of Israel. And he says, now you choose who you will serve. Choose you today who you will serve. Will you serve the Lord your God who have done all these wonderful things for you? Or will you go back into idolatry? And the people at Shechem says, no, we will serve the Lord. It was at Shechem. And many of us are standing at Shechem right now, the place of decision, the place of choice. Will you obey the Lord? And head towards Gerizim? Or will you disobey and head towards Ebal? It's our choice, really, whether we want to be blessed or cursed. And I'm sure the, the, the choice is very clear, isn't it? All of us will want to choose garrison and blessings, not curses, for ourselves, for our children, and for all that we do. So choose life. Choose life. Choose blessings. And God gave us this choice because of His love for us. It is a loving God who says before us the alternatives of life and death, good and evil. And He asks for nothing in return except that we love Him. That's all that He asks. In Deuteronomy 5.10, But I lavish unfeeling love for generations on those who love and on those who love me and obey my commands. Obey. When you read the book of Deuteronomy, constantly God says it. If you obey, these are the blessings that are there. How do you obey the Lord? What are the areas that you need to obey the Lord? Are there rules and regulations? No. We are not talking about uh, you know, 250 rules in which you have to obey the Lord. 
Deuteronomy put it very, very simple. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, how do you obey the Lord? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And Jesus repeated that in the New Testament. That's how we love and that's how we obey God, by loving Him and by serving Him. Can somebody say amen? Will you say, Lord, I just want to obey you this year by loving you and serving you. That's all that God requires of us. And then, the blessings will be released. All these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Overtake you. That means they know it's not behind you. The blessings are not behind you, but will overtake you, will go ahead of you, and will go before you even. And all that God asks is if you obey the voice of the Lord, your God. So many blessings will overtake you in the city and country, overtake your going out and your coming in, and you go back and read Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 28. And so obedience is the key to God's blessings, miracles, and breakthroughs. You want blessings, miracles, and breakthroughs in 2017? Obey. Obey all that the Lord asks us to do. Everybody say, I'm greatly blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved. Amen. Amen. I choose to love the Lord my God. Come on, say it. Obey Him and commit myself firmly to Him. He is the key to my life. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. One more area of blessings and curses. It's in, your, in who you trust. And it's a choice that you make, a choice to obey. But it's also found in your heart and in your mouth. And that's why we come to verse 9 and verse 10. After talking about curses, after talking about blessings, then verse 9 and verse 10 talks about the heart. God says, I will give to you every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. And it is based upon your heart. Even though the heart is deceitful, at least in the Old Testament, all right, before the workings of God, it is deceitful, desperately wicked. But God promised to Ezekiel, I will give you a new heart. I will give my people a new heart. And in the New Testament, the teaching about heart, oh, this is, man, there's so much in the word of the Lord. You go, you know, about, about the heart. But this is the center of it all, the heart. All right? And that's where blessings and curses also come from. Luke chapter 6, verse 45, a good man out of the treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good, an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth that which is evil, for of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So how is your heart? If your heart has been cleansed, sanctified, and, 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 and made right by the Lord, it will bring forth good treasures. And, your, and, and it will overflow in your mouth as well. That's why Ephesians 4.29 tells us, you know, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may bless and not curse. James chapter 3, verse 9, verse 10. With our mouth, with our tongue, 
with it we bless and with it we curse. And that's the problem. With it we bless God and then with it, with the same mouth, we use it to, bless, to, to curse others. How can the mouth that blesses God be used to curse others? How can a spring of water bring forth fresh water at the same time it is defiled, corrupted, salted water? But from your mouth, you can bring forth blessings or curses to your home, to your children, to your job, to your finances. You can bless or curse your own health even. If you are one who says, I will die, la, die, la, die, la, sure, surely die one. I know some of us just, we use the word die, but we don't mean it. Huh? You know, it's just a catchphrase like that. A little bit, I will die, la, you know. And that's the reason why many people dare not go for medical checkup. I know, you are one of those, yes, yes, yes. Because, uh, you know, you don't want to know. And even a little bit of report, a negative report, oh, you die, lah, you know. And we are speaking death to ourselves, curses upon ourselves in that sense. And when we talk to our children, always pain, negative things, always pulling them, you know, no use, da, 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 all those kind of things, they will grow up to be like that. It's not generational curse, it's what you say to them. Implant in their heart and they believe it. They live up under that kind of covering. But if you were to speak blessings to them, you will break whatever curses there may be. Whatever hesitation, apprehension, inferiority that they may have. The spoken blessing is very, very powerful. That's why the book of Numbers, chapter 6, verse 22 to 27. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak. Speak, speak unto Aaron and unto his son, saying, On this wise you shall bless, bless. On this wise you shall bless the children of Israel. Again here, saying unto them, speak to them, say to them. And what are you supposed to say to them? Release that priestly blessing upon your family, upon your children, upon your job, upon everything that you do. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And when you release the word of blessings, there is power in it. God says, and I will bless them. When you release blessings, God will follow up and God says, I will bless them. Now, this verse here is not just a verse for benediction in churches. You know, the father, the priest, the pastor, before everybody leaves, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord be gracious upon you, the Lord make his face to shine upon you, the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Everybody go back happy. It's not just a benediction. It says you have to say to the children of Israel, constantly say it to them, release blessings upon them. Everybody say, I am blessed. I am not cursed. Amen. Shall we stand together? Let's read Deuteronomy 28. The affirmations from Deuteronomy 28. Everybody say again, I am blessed. And not curse. Let's affirm 
Deuteronomy 28. Let's read it together. I am blessed in the city. I am blessed in the country. My products and services are blessed. My business expansion is blessed. My investments are blessed. My children are blessed. My food is blessed. My land is blessed. My work is blessed. I lend to many nations. Sorry, my stores are blessed. Amen. I lend to many nations. I am blessed when I come in. I am blessed when I go out. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. Everybody say, Amen. Come on, give the Lord a big praise. Hallelujah. 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 Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that it is your desire to bless your people, O oh God. And today, Lord, we thank you through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have inherited all the spiritual and all the blessings, dear Lord, that you have ordained for those who love you, for those who trust you, for those who follow wholeheartedly in obedience to you, dear God. And so, Father, make us, dear Lord, as a church, to be a church of blessing, dear God, because your people are blessed today. Thank you, dear Lord. Hallelujah. Having spoken the words of affirmation, we like to come to the altar and just commit ourselves unto the Lord. Whether it is your going out or your coming in, your products or services, your business expansion, your children, you know, or whatever it is, you want to enter into the blessings of God for this year 2017. And you say, Lord, I just want to trust you. I don't know how all these blessings will come, I'm not worried, I'm not anxious, I'm not fearful. I just trust in you. And Lord, whatever you tell me, I will obey. So please lead me, dear God. If that is your desire, you want to enter into 2017 in this kind of attitude and affirmation, will you just come and see the face of the Lord here at the altar as we worship the Lord together?